0: Welcome to Clean Dreams. We're so glad that you're able to join us on this episode. Um, before we go forward, we want to go ahead and thank all those who are contributing their talents to the broadcast. Um, first and foremost, Sean C., he is our producer. Uh, we want to thank him. Um, we also have Justin O in the room, uh, he's the associate producer. And um, sitting with us tonight, uh, willing to share his experience, strength, and hope with the 12 steps in his recovery is oh, is Alonzo J. My name is Troy A. Please pray for me as we go through this process. We hope that you will find it valuable in your recovery. We ask that you uh, take a little time and get away from whatever it is that pulls you Towards drugs and alcohol. If you need help, we want you to go ahead and log on to our channel at either on Facebook or at CleanDreams.org and our YouTube channel, which is soon to soon to launch. Um, but without any further ado, I'd like to introduce a good friend in recovery, and uh, he has been a witness to my own uh, journey through recovery in the 12 steps. Uh, we've had numerous numerous occasions to 12-step others and um, take people through the book. Um, I want to bring to you Alonzo J. All
1: right, family. I'm I'm Alonzo J. But before we uh, proceed, I'd I'd like for us to say a prayer. Uh, I've been schooled by a guy named Kent Coleman. And um, That's who y'all really need to be listening to. But of the many things he has to say, uh, he says it's it's possible not to pray enough, but it's totally impossible to pray too much. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, please reach out and, and touch this assemblage of recovery. Please uh, use me as your instrument so that I can share your word, your promise, your love, and and allow me to touch someone. Um, Also, uh, allow me to breathe out Alonzo and breathe in you, dear God. In your son's name, I pray. Amen. My name is Alonzo Jay, and I'm an alcoholic and an addict. And, and I want to say that the, the uh, program I embrace is, is not a religious one. It's a spiritual one. You know, the, the cornerstone of all of this is that I, I seek a higher power that will uh, protect and bless me and assist me in, in resisting and not uh, succumbing to alcohol and drugs. A um, little background information. I'm, I'm 66 years old. Uh, my sobriety or my rebirth date is September the 9th, 1992, which means I have a little over 25 years of abstinence. And on many occasions, sobriety. I want to explain that just a little bit. Um, It says in the big book, we feel the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning, a much more important demonstration of our principles, lies in our homes, occupation, and affairs. And I take that with me and, and I embrace that because while I haven't had a drink or a drug, in some time, my behavior can still be alcoholic. It can still be selfish and self-centered, fearful, um, not aligned with the principles and, and and not aligned with what God would have, or the God of my understanding would have me do. So I just wanted to throw that out. and And the reason that uh i wanted to pray first is because this is not about me it's not about any of the people in this room it's 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 really about the will of the god of my understanding and trying to express and put that out there you know when i was out there using um i had a god that i would pray to uh every time i take what little money i had and And put it inside a hole in the door or the hole in the wall, and and hoping that I would get out of it uh, what I wanted. I I prayed, I prayed to God. You know, every time uh, I was in trouble, whether it was a uh, hit and run of a police vehicle, or um, you know, getting stopped in a neighborhood I had no business in with um, um, uh, pending outstanding warrants and uh, that would cause me to be taken to jail, you know, I, I, I would pray, you know, and, and I, I would pray uh, hardest that when I got what I wanted or what I was given, that it'd be real, that it wouldn't be fake. it would get me high, and I would enjoy it, you know. But I don't know how many uh, uh, soap flakes uh, mm-hmm. I I purchased. Uh, you know, if you haven't figured it out, <clears throat> my primary drug of choice has been crack cocaine. You know, um, when I started using in the 80s, it they called it free base. Free base? Yeah, free base. And... Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and what you would do is, is uh, you'd get some cocaine, the purer the better, cook it up, and um, it would form a crystal rock, and, and that's what you would smoke. And, and, and when I took that first hit sometime, I don't know, 1980, 1981, um, the high I received was a high I would continue to chase until nineteen ninety-two, and and I never ever got that same high. But I would I would chase it. Um, <clears throat> the literature tells me that that when I tell my story, I'm supposed to talk about what it was like, then what happened, and what it's like now. Let me just give you a quick preview of. Of what it was like and what it's like now in my uh, addiction I was charged with (sighs) taking care of my great aunt who ultimately went on to live to be about 103 Um, but uh, what I would do and I I won't even talk about how I stole thousands of dollars from her estate um that i never ever uh got to pay back personally but but what i would do is i would i would prop her up on uh that portable toilet and leave her there for as long as it took me to make my run which would be two or or three days and i'd come back and and thank god you know she was still alive she was slumped over the toilet um and and but for the grace of god did not die i mean dehydrated uh, no sleep no food but you know and, and I would tell myself I was only going to get one and then come back but that you know the narcotics anonymous has an interesting way of putting it you know they say one is too many and a thousand is not enough and and that's so true so so once once I start drinking or using uh, I don't know when I would stop uh, it probably wasn't a conscious stop it you know it would probably be I either ran out of money or resources or or got locked up and um, and that's why I would stop. so that's that's what it was like and 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 who I was. Fast forward <clears throat> uh, in, in, in sobriety what I get to do is, To work, uh, I guess it would be living amends for my mother, who is in her 90s, uh, living in assisted living. She's wheelchair bound and, and suffers from dementia, which is a real ugly disease because, you know, whenever I go out to see her, there's a little less of her there. Um, but you see, you know, but for the grace of God, these 12 steps, I'm working the guidance of a sponsor and, and the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous the first 164 pages, which has become, uh, most important to me. It's my textbook. It's my guard. It's my, uh, yardstick on on how i can not drink or use one day at a time Um, i'm not stealing from her estate i i get to try and make her as comfortable as possible as she moves into her twilight years you know people have have told me that i'm in the midst of what one might say you know the long goodbye and it's and it's hard and i'm i'm so grateful god knew what he was doing when he helped me or directed me or allowed me to get sober when i did i don't want to speculate on on whether or not i could i could get sober now given given life circumstances and the excuses such circumstances might provide for my addiction um so that's a little caricature, if if you will, of of what it was like, and what it's like now. So I'm not going to spend much more time. I'm I'm not going to give a, a drunker log or a drugga log or in any way glorify my using. You know, I uh, whenever I cross that line between. Um, um, well, the big book tells me there there are three stages. There's there's the um, uh, casual or regular drinker, then there's the hard drinker, and then there's the real alcoholic. Now, I don't know if there's an analogy in Narcotics Anonymous between uh, you know the occasional or or casual or ordinary. User and and the head user and 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 the real addict, you know. I, it's not in my experience, you know. When, when I took that first hit, it was over. And uh, but um, um, that's that's what it says. So anyway, <clears throat> um, the bottom line is there was very little I would not do to get one more. Um, I've always been a a good student. I got good grades through high school, college, and law school. Um, Ultimately, uh, I would uh, graduate law school in California, and uh, and I passed the California bar at the, um, um, you know, first uh, taking of the exam and and went into the district attorney's office. That's where I began my uh, legal career. And what I was supposed to do was to almost like Superman, you know, defend truth, justice and the American way. And and uh it quickly became something else you know i now now don't get it twisted uh i i i drank alcoholically as i look back you know probably from from college on but it it and in law school i would use uh hallucinogens and and marijuana and and other drugs but um what brought me to my knees was the cocaine, and, uh, and, and that wouldn't come into play until um, the late 70s, early 80s. And, and, and once, once I did it, and, and I think, you know, I, I went straight to smoking cocaine, and, and it, they called it then freebasing. And I've described a little bit about that. And, um, and and you know, it's interesting that I, I would take these precautions to uh, limit my use. Um, you know, I thought if, if I didn't know how to cook it up or if I didn't keep the, um, uh, whatever you call it, the, um, well, the indicia of, of using uh, the ceremonies, I guess, of, of preparing the cocaine, it, it would keep me from using too much that I'd have to rely on somebody else, you know, to prepare it for me. And I thought that that would keep me from crossing that line or crossing over. As I saw the guy who introduced me to it you know, I, I witnessed his fall. I witnessed the progression of his use and, and how it impacted him personally and professionally. And, uh, you know, for any normal individual, that, that might be, you know, cautionary. You know, if, if, if you see somebody burn their hand on the stove there's no reason logically for you to put your hand on that stove. But uh, that logic didn't reach me. So I saw what happened to him. I saw him lose um, his, his marriage. I saw him lose his job. Uh, I saw him almost lose his life. And, and all I did was to follow him. Um, so while I was working law enforcement, you know, if you will, um, as, as the big book says, uh, you know, I lived at the very least uh, a double life because the people I would prosecute and go after during the day at, at, at work were the very same people I hung out with after five o'clock, you know, I, I, I've been taught that what I have is a is a disease. It's a disease of the mind and the body. And, and it all starts basically with the mind and my thinking and, and my thinking quickly became obsessive. And, and that would suggest it, it's thinking that overrides all else you know I've already told you I witnessed the man who introduced me to uh, smoking cocaine. I, I witnessed his fall and, and and that wasn't enough and and you know I, I even had some sense of what it was doing for me not not to mention the irony and illegality of what I was doing you know I, I was a trusted servant. Of the people, um, but th- th- you know, um, I, I I would do the cocaine uh, en route to work, uh, away from work, um, during work, and 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 the most incredible thing is that uh, <clears throat> you know back then um, they gave you a check there it was pre auto deposit and what have you and they, they'd give you a check and. And whenever payday was, um, you know, I, I couldn't think of anything other than getting off at five o'clock and, and doing what I do. Um, and, of course, when I, when I got that check, um, I didn't deposit it in my bank account because my bank account was already overdrawn and, and too much of my dope money would be taken up by that the it being overdrawn and and so i i would take the check and and go to the check cashing place cash the check and 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 then maybe i would get a number of money orders either made out to the various uh responsibilities rent utilities telephone etc um and, and spread those money orders among my trusted friends, which means the non-addicts and alcoholics, and telling them to hold on to it, and under no circumstances do you give me this money order back before such and such a date. And then what would invariably happen, three, four o'clock in the morning, I'd be pounding on their door, demanding my money, and um, so it didn't take too long before people would no longer take those money orders. They they didn't want the the hassle or the bother with, with my showing up, and 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 it was sad. So I, I I'd use and drink and you know to the bitter end, and and if and if the cocaine or the freebase wasn't available, then. It, it was, uh, you know, those, um, not moonshiners. What do you call those folks who... Bootleggers. Bootleggers, right? And, um, you know, anything to take me out of me, right? And I would quite literally go on to the bitter end. You know, I already told you about my great aunt and what I was willing to do to her to get one more. So that's that's what it was like so I, I guess um um you know around about 84 um it, it was getting to uh crisis mode and and i was beginning to lose the ability to get out of scrapes and and ultimately this this resulted in you know by 1986 um the DA's office was tired of me, and and they wrote me a letter, indicating demanding my resignation uh, on pain of of taking me before the bar, um, the California bar, the institution that, that governs attorney, and getting me disbarred. That I would submit my resignation, um, and and I did that, so. You know my my first attempts to get people off my back, and to placate the various folks, whether it it, it be at work or, you know, I I believe that I had them fooled, but I guess not. Um, um, you know, because I'm I'm sure that. You know, I hung out with dealers and and what have you, and I'm sure that they would, when they got busted, that that they would give me up. So I don't know what they knew, and and probably, when I look back on it, the out they offered was was probably a blessing because they, they probably had sufficient information or documentation to prosecute me, and, and that would be that would be ugly. Um, So, but from uh, 1984 to 1992, um, I tried to uh, minimize, you know, my addiction, Um, you know, just placate those people around me to get them off my back. But when when I look back on it, um, I had no serious desire to stop you know, later on in the book, in, in fact, in the appendix, uh, appendix two, uh, spiritual experience, which I, I credit with really saving me and, and getting me on the right path. You know, it, it tells me two things. One, cause, and, and let me back up from, from 84 to 92, I kept popping in and out. And, and one of the consistent things in meetings would be, these folks were talking about a, a, a beautiful relationship they had with the God of their understanding, and, and, and there was no single fact in their life that was more important than that relationship. And, and I knew that I didn't feel on the inside what they were talking about on the outside. So I felt, I felt doomed. Uh, you know, it would never happen. I already told you about the only God I knew, you know, when I was using. I'd, I'd crumble up my money where there was a $100 bill, $20 bill, or 33 cents. When that's all I had through the hole in the wall, you know, to get what I needed. Um, But but I I, I didn't know who this God was or or. The flavor of the God that these people were talking about and I said well you know that that'll never be me I I just don't feel that way I'm I'm doomed and and then I got introduced to that part at the direction of a competent sponsor I might add who had the nerve and audacity to tell me to get a dictionary um (laughs) to to look up you know some words and some meanings because you know and I would tell him that I, well, I'm a highly educated uh, <laughs> individual, and I don't need such things. Don't you know that I'm a I'm a trial attorney, and I have a ninety three percent win ratio in in my cases, and I'm a bad mother. Well, shut your shut mouth! Shut your mouth! Uh, <laughs> but um, for whatever reason, uh, I, I followed his direction and and got that dictionary and and learned. Pretty quickly that there were some words I thought I knew the meaning of and I thought I embraced, but I didn't. And uh, there, there were big words it's like honest, thoroughly, <laughs> completely. I don't even want to talk about painstakingly. Um, I did have to look that up for real, for real. But uh, I, I saw right away. And, and and maybe here's the blessing. Um because this same appendix talks about uh that there's three things I have to bring to the table willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness. And and that that's an acronym who, and the answer to that question is God. And, and I find it interesting because you know, I'm, I'm an AA sort of guy. I'm, I'm a big book, first 164 pages of the big book sort of guy. And that's that's what I know and embrace and, and, and that's what saved my life. But, um, you know, my sister fellowship, Narcotics Anonymous, interestingly enough, has the same three letters. It's, it's in different order. It's how, honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. So I I find it interesting from an intellectual standpoint that, you know, there are two questions posed, one in AA and the other in NA, and the answer in both cases are the same, and and that's God. And and so, you know, I I learned that, and and most importantly for me, um, there's in spiritual experience, it, it talks about you know, sometimes there's what's called a a white light experience, you know, a sort of immediate right now, yesterday, connect and tie to the uh, God of your understanding. And uh, I never had that. And and it apologized because the first couple of dictions of the big book, you had uh, Bill's story and you had another one, um, our Southern friend, I think. And, and in both those stories, the actor or the protagonist, Bill Wilson and the Southern friend had an immediate, you know, sort of God consciousness and, and connections, you know, and, and was able to move on. But, you know, the, um, they, they apologized in, in, in that, uh, appendix, appendix two of the big book and said, if, if we've given you the impression that, the only way you can get this is is through an immediate God consciousness. We were sorry, we didn't mean to do that because, really, the majority of us have have gotten this consciousness through what they call the, education. Asia educational variety, and it comes, you know, slowly. and And that gave me some help because I've already told you that. You know, God had had blessed me in being a you know fairly good student, so I I knew how to study, I knew how to read, and I knew how to if I chose to follow directions, I could follow directions. I I could, and it's much more than mim- mimicking. It it's 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 true embracing. So anyway, uh, I went about. Uh, I God allowed me, I, I guess, to. Um, finally have some willingness and, and some honesty and 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 some trust in others and and uh, so my you know I followed the directives of my first sponsor. I, I got the dictionary, I looked up words when he told me I did exactly what he told me to do. Now why did I do this in ninety two and, and not eighty four or eighty six or 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 um 82 or 83 when, when I took that first hit, you know, what I should have, could have, would have done when I took that first hit, whenever that was, was to put it down, shake myself off, go and pick up a white chip and get busy. Well, that's not my story. My story is a lot of false starts, a lot of, uh, self delusion, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I would I would tell the therapists or the people in the various treatment centers that you know there's a world of difference between cocaine. I can I'll begrudgingly grant you that I'm powerless over crack cocaine because I had I had evidence of that. You know, I, not only would I pawn my car, but if you were foolish enough to lend me your car, I'd pawn your car too. And you know, and, and an interesting story, the last story about you know, what it was like, you know, uh, you know, I had such success in my using and pawning cars that I thought I could pawn the car that the office of the district attorney gave me to go around and investigate cases and do my job. I could pawn as well. So, but see, it, it, it had a big old symbol on the side of a car, you know, and it said office of the district attorney, and it kind of looked like a cop car. And, and, uh, so, but I was so desperate. I was so desperate to get one more that uh, I took that vehicle to the dope man and and asked. You know, it was my first resentment because he he wouldn't take it. He, he I couldn't pawn the DA's car for one more. But anyway, um, um, and so I, I can't answer the why it it took until. 1992 because everything i was exposed to in in all the treatment centers all over the country was the same thing and one thing whether it it was uh, i never went to betty ford but you know let's let's talk about betty ford being at the top of, of that food chain and, and let's talk about the um i don't know the men's mission being at the bottom of, of that food chain. But, you know, what was interesting um, uh, between all the various, you know, treatment centers I, I was at, you know, when, when it came time to go, they, they would give me a big book. They would tell me to go to meetings and they would tell me to, you know, get a sponsor. Um, so whether I was paying $30,000 or not paying any money for a treatment center, you know, when it's all said and done, they had the same message, the same director. They, they recognized on some level that, that it wasn't the treatment center. All, in my opinion, all treatment centers are, the best of them or the worst of them, is, is an opportunity. Uh, an opportunity to follow some, some rules and some directions of somebody else an opportunity to, to detox and, and, and get the chemical uh, out of your system and, and the opportunity to do the things that one must do if they have any chance of, of getting on top of, of this terrible, terrible addiction. And, and that was to get a big book or, you know, Narcotics Anonymous talk about the basic text. And, and they believe their literature, and, you know, I'm not anti-NA, um, but you know, they call it basic text, but, you know, the basic text is the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, because that came first, and that was a God thing, and how that came to be, and, and how some words, um, uh, you know, prove so helpful and true, and have stood the test of time for over 80 years is, is amazing. And um, but anyway, um, so um, I mean, it it took what it took. And there there were lots of tears and and people prayed for me and and uh, and maybe I was just ultimately I'd I'd run the course. Right. I I, I couldn't I couldn't do this anymore. And, and, And I remember, you know, at the at the end. Um, you know, I, I, I tricked my mother yet again for money and, and I got another last, my last $20 bill. Um, and, uh, you know, I lied and what have you and got that 20 and ran and got, got my dope. And, and, um, it, it, it was looking back, it was clearly a, a God moment. You know, I, I didn't get high, and, and I didn't want any more. And and I actually did what I said I was going to do, which which was to go into one more uh, treatment center. And it was an outpatient treatment deal, and but but I guess you know the the literature talks about um, I'm gonna paraphrase it having having received a uh, uh, thirdly convincing uh, ass whooping. You know, I I finally reached my bottom where, um, you know, it was going to be choose life or choose death. And I I guess at that moment I I chose life. So, you know, I I, so that's what it was like. And and so what happened was um, I, I came to that critical fork in the road and and. Looking back, you know, it's certainly God's blessing and and peace, and also the kindness of yet another man, who was willing to take me through the steps. And for some reason, I listened and and did as he um, directed. Now, it it's interesting. The my my first sponsor was a pure alcoholic, although he had some experience with uh, um, other forms of alcohol. You know. Uh, and, and he kind of took me initially through the steps, um, pretty much like they, they must have done back in the day, day, before there was even a big book. You know, um, we, we are so blessed to have so much literature and, and speaker meetings and conventions and um, study guides and all this material that's out there. You know, and it's so helpful, but, you know, you you got, you know, the, the, the birth date of Alcoholics Anonymous, I think June 35 or something like that, because, and, 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 you know, they, they select that date because that's the date that the first person Bill Wilson tried to help uh, Dr. Bob got and stayed sober, see, but, but before that happened, um, you know, Bill's boy, Ebby Thatcher, knocked on Bill's door and, and tried to help him. And, and you know, and it shows, you know, the sort of basis and power of, of one alcoholic or addict helping another. You know, when Ebby knocked on Bill's door in 34, um, during Bill's second detox and before his third and final detox, you know, Bill, Bill knew him you know, they, they got drunk together. So, I mean, Bill knew him and, and what showed up on his porch was, was not the man that, that Bill would get drunk with. I mean, you know, he had a whole different flavor. Um, And, and see the reason why I, I get to be helpful today to others, you know, um, that are suffering from alcohol and, and drugs, when, when I tell a little bit about my story, they know that I did alcohol and dope like they did. See? I'm not talking out the, out the side of my mouth. I'm not talking about something that I learned from a book, you know? Um, you know, I, I may have a degree in recovery, but that, that comes from experience and God, see? so So that's why they're willing to listen. Right. Because I did it like they did it. So and, and that was true with with Abby and Bill. And, and and so it goes. And, and, and when they got together, uh, um, you know, uh, that started something. And, and, and Bill would then try to pass on to others what Eby gave him. And, and initially, you know, he, he complained first six months. You know, he was complaining to his wife, Lois was also a saint um, that he wasn't getting anybody sober and Lois has reported to have said well you haven't had a drink so so there there's one of the foundations if you will of, of true recovery In or, in order to keep it and, and get it and, and continue it you know you know they talk about some craziness crazy in order to keep it you got to give it away what kind of sense is that you know if, if I wanted to keep my drugs I certainly would give my drugs away. You know that, that makes no sense. But that which I have received and enjoy today, my my freedom from addiction, right? The only way I can keep it is by giving it away, and and. And, and, you know, it says on page 85 of the big book, we are not cured of our alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. That's another part that's that's real helpful to me, because as I was bouncing in and out from 84 to 92, there would on occasion be people who at the time of their departure had more time than me. And, And I couldn't understand, you know, what why why they kept going back to drinking, you know, and I said, well, you know, if this guy had had two years and, and and he went back drinking and I got, you know, 60 days, it's only a matter of time. So I might as well go now. Right? Well, but but that that simple line, page 85 of the big book, you know, we are not cured of our alcoholism what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, let me know that there are only two reasons why I might pick up a drink. Either I didn't stick around long enough in the first place to earn that spiritual condition, which is a direct function of working all 12 steps in order as outlined. I don't have to put any cut on my recovery. I didn't like cut on my dope. So I don't know why I should have cut on my recovery. <laughs> right. You know. Um, but but if I do that, then you know, I I'll earn that spiritual condition. See? So and once having earned it, all I have to do is maintain it. And guys, it's it's either it's easier to keep something you have than to get something you don't. So that's that's why I'm here right now, as a matter of fact, you know. Um, uh, I, I had a lot of better things, you know, to do, uh, today, like be in bed and not sleep, uh, see, uh, which ties into something else I'm going to talk about in a moment about what it's like now. But, um, so anyway, um, educational variety worked the steps in order. I had enough, uh, faith, I guess, or let's, let's use that word willingness to give this thing a shot, I mean, a, a an honest, honest shot, shot, and uh, and I followed the directions, and you know, I used the skills God gave me, you know, as a student, um, you know, to study and understand and 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 do the work in order, and and eventually I, I was contacted, and I, I began to build that relationship, the ultimate relationship with the god of my understanding and a power greater than myself that would would protect me if if I did certain simple things. So, you know, I got that. And and how long after September the 9th, 1992 that that I I had the defense, I had the spiritual condition or the psychic change, I I can't tell you. Nor can I pinpoint the exact point when I had this relationship with God, but it it came you know, um, and uh, so all I got to do is maintain it. Now, um, I'm I'm going to draw an analogy that I think is appropriate. Let's let's assume that uh, we're we're not in in good physical shape, right? We have one too many uh, banana and peanut butter fried sandwiches. Shout out to Elvis. Uh, shout out to Elvis and uh you know we don't work out none of that and we have terrible diet and 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 we want to get you know in good shape physically so so maybe we might want to go to the gym and and maybe we might want to get a personal trainer and and maybe we might want to follow what that personal trainer tells us to do and so, after a period of time of of going to the gym and working out and working some muscles that you haven't worked and 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 getting a little nutrition and following some directions, you get into shape you know how long that takes you know it takes however long it takes but you're you're in shape you know and and that's real interesting because at sixty six i could, I could certainly benefit from that you know you know because i'm I'm not the guy i I was uh when I first came in the room, and I'm clearly not 24. (laughs) I got a 24-year-old in the room who I absolutely hate. I hate him because it appears that he's made a decision at 24 that it took me to 40 or 41 to make, but...
0: Call your sponsor.
1: Yeah, yeah, what Troy said, you know, but... uh, so anyway so you know I've I've achieved this condition so and, and and maybe you know I went to the gym every day right I call my trainer every day and you know listening and I leave those fried banana peanut butter sandwiches alone and and uh, and so but then then here's the deal you know I suddenly think that well you know I got this I'm in shape right I'm looking good. The girls are looking at me again, and I can do something about it when they look at me again. So, so I suddenly decide that, well, you know what? I don't need to go to the gym, right? I I don't need to to continue to follow this this diet, right? I, in fact, let me stop calling my trainer and looking for guidance because I got this because I'm you know hell I'm Alonzo Mel. Well. Esquire. <laughs> uh, anonymity, anonymity. But, um, you know, that's so we already know what's going to happen, right? I'm um, going to blow up again uh, and return to my deal. So, you know, recovery is the same way, in my opinion. If I stop doing completely all the things I did initially to get and stay sober, then I'm going to return to a drink. You know, and that's the failure of the maintenance of of the program. And as I said earlier, it's my experience that it's easier to maintain something that you got than than to get it. And uh, you know, God willing, one day at a time, I won't I won't have to answer the scientific question if, if I could come back to recovery after twenty-five, almost twenty-six years of sobriety. Cause um I I believe there's an inverse relationship in the likelihood of doing that the more time you have god forbid you go out in my experience and observation the less likely it is that you can get back for you know all you know we're human beings and and i you know i i don't want to be evidence for anybody else's recovery of of whether or not alonzo j can come back after having picked up and and it's not necessary and i have defenses um, in play i have a toolbox that's been laid at my feet i have a god of my understanding i have a sponsor and you know, that i tell check this out i tell him the truth mm-hmm. you know what a radical concept you know i talk about how i feel now i just want to digress up uh, a moment on on what it's like now in, in a whole different sort of experience um you know i it, I'm on fire. I have been on fire, right? And and one thing I know about fires is is that there are, are different types of fires. Now, they're all going to burn you and kill you, um, but, you know, how are you going to treat a, a grease fire is a little different than how you're going to treat uh, a wood or paper fire. Well, the the two sources of my fire... You know, initially, my I was on fire because I'm an addict and alcoholic, right? And and I was, I was blessed to you know find that solution to that and and work some steps. And but over time, in fact, the last couple two three years, I I I began to battle this overwhelming depression, right? The circumstances, you know, um, and um, and that depression led me to some insane thinking and, and thinking, you know, I, I didn't want to be here anymore with all this time clean, I, over 20 years clean. And, um, you know, I didn't necessarily know where this was coming from. And, and initially I thought that the problem was I wasn't working some step right, you know, and, and, uh, but, but as it turns out that that wasn't the case, it was a related, but totally separate causation. And, 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 uh, and, and I was hurting, and, 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 and one thing I know for sure is that um, the depression of, of my sort can kill you, kill me, just as easily, maybe even more so than the alcohol and the dope. But, but I guess, you know, I was blessed, you know, I had, I had sufficient experience and proof with my chemical and alcohol addiction and, and knowing what worked on that, that God allowed me to uh, seek out the help I needed. And, and the big book talks about, well, A, we don't claim to be the only game in town, and, and B, we encourage you to seek outside help if necessary. And, and I had to seek some outside help, and I had the willingness and trust me, when I when I checked myself in, into the hospital for my depression, I didn't want to do that. See, because my ego was telling me I, I got all this time. I sponsor people. I can recite and quote the Big Book. And I don't know what the heck is wrong with me, but I'm not feeling right. I, all I know is I want to die. And 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 clearly, that that was a very familiar feeling. You know, I had. Uh, you know, the big book in, in The Doc's Opinion in regard to talking about the drinking and, and the drugging talks about in some circumstances, no, well, no, that's another area, uh, uh, that that we would choose the ultimate sacrifice rather than continue to fight. In other words, in my chemical and alcohol addiction, I get to the point where it's so bad that, that I think, and I, I don't think I'll ever get out of it, that I, I suddenly start thinking, about taking myself out. you know I want this to stop. I, I can't get high and I, I gotta get high and I, it doesn't keep me high and you know everybody oh it's so the best thing for me to do is just to check out. see and and there's plenty of people in recovery, alcohol and chemical addiction who have have chosen that. Well, so you know I got another little flavor of that for whatever reason I was getting older, um, I hadn't reached the um, um, career potentials that I thought I should, given my background and education. Um, I wasn't at the high-paying job, and uh, I didn't have the uh, runway model on my arm, and all these exterior non-godly things that that I desired put me in a depression, and—but— and, uh, you know, God allowed me, based on the work I've done in, in recovery, to reach out and eventually have some uh, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness just enough so that, you know, I I, I checked myself in, into a hospital. I told them the truth, and uh, I worked their deal, and and, uh, and I found some of the other uh, God's angels and and a psychiatrist that prescribed uh, basically we found the right medication to correct my chemical imbalance in my brain and and I got a therapist that I continue to see uh, twice a month and um, and and when it got time for me to leave that institution they made a suggestion that I go back into a halfway house to sort of uh, reboot my recovery, and and I had uh, willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness to to do that. Uh, and trust me, I, I didn't do it by myself. I can I can look back and see uh, the God of my understanding, you know, footprints and and handprints all over that, because see. Um, it could have been very, very different, you know. Um, but, you know, I got that help. I got the stabilization. I, I came out. I, I went into a halfway house. Um, I swallowed my pride. And, you know, I went into a halfway house and and, and got on their uh, druggy buggy and, uh, and, and had to follow, um, you know, restrictions and same things that everybody, that the guy that, you know, uh, was was freshly clean had to do. And um, and and then you know I, I went out and I found uh, another sponsor and 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 I reworked the steps and and in fact I I had more time in recovery than than my than this man I asked to take me through the steps again, but he had something I wanted, you know um he had happiness and sobriety and balance and and so we, we worked the steps and I discovered some things that I had missed when I first went through the steps uh, 20 some odd years ago and and I came out and I started doing some things that I had gotten away from uh, from early in my recovery. you know primarily I I had stopped praying, you know I I, I stopped making God uh, my understanding my pre- priority, you know, and, and um, I did that again. So uh, long story short, once I got kind of stabilized and reworked the steps, I found that the same solution for my addiction uh, was relevant, if followed, for my depression. So... That's, that's kind of the deal. So, you know, I believe, I'm a great believer in the literature, and, and there's a great companion book to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's the um, uh, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. I'm getting a sign here. Are we close to? Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'm going to bring this to a close. Uh, um, am I happy, joyous, and free all the time? No. And, and typically, when someone asks me how I'm doing, my stock standard response, and I'll close with this, is as follows: My sobriety date has not changed, and the people that I owe money to today do not carry guns. God bless you all, and I hope I touched someone. Bye bye.
0: Well, thank you very much, Alonzo. I- I think that was quite inspiring. Um, typically at this portion of the show, uh, my producer, Sean, would, would uh, have some questions. So,
1: Thanks, Troy. And thanks, Alonzo, for being here um, to share your experience, strength, and hope. I want to ask a question, actually, about something you had mentioned earlier before um, we'd started recording. You talked about um, sobriety and relapse. And for the young guys or the new guys like me and uh, Justin in the room, you talked about really what relapse means, and so I I, I am on uh, my fourth step now, and I know Justin is uh, working the steps as well. But can you can you um,
0: kind of recap what you talked about earlier?
1: Well, um, you know sometimes I'll, I'll say when I introduce myself, uh, my name's Lonzo J, and I haven't had a drink or a drug in over twenty five years, and I have on occasion been sober and and that sometimes is is confusing to people but see what what i'm trying to express is that true sobriety has to do with my behavior how am i living you know if i'm not living by the principles if 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 i'm not putting god first and and well-being and and goodness of my fellows before my own then i'm I'm really not behaving sober but but the bottom line the ultimate bottom line can be contained in the same page 85 of, of the big book you know we are not cured of our alcoholism what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition that for me forms an, uh, an equation and There there are two parts to that equation. First, it's the spiritual condition or the psychic change, the defense against liquor and dope, right, which is obtained as a pure function of working all 12 steps in order as outlined in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So I draw a distinction between abstinence and sobriety and say, if an individual has not, allowed himself to stay around the program long enough to complete all 12 steps in order as outlined and at the direction of a sponsor, then it doesn't seem like they've earned or obtained that spiritual condition. That being, and when I look back on, on my deal, and certainly from 84 to 92, That was the deal, you know. Um, I pretty much knew I I was an alcoholic and an addict. I pretty much knew that I had to, um, you know, change something, that I had to get a power greater than myself to combat my addiction. But I certainly never completed the practical program of action. Let me say it again, the practical program of action. That's all 12 steps. In order as outlined. I never did that. So therefore, I never earned that that condition. So when I would go back out, it wasn't, in my opinion, in view, a relapse. Look it up, what the word relapse means. I mean, it's a return from a, a previous state or an established state. So if I've never established that state in the first place, please tell me what it is I have to relapse from. So that's that's my view. So um, now I believe I have worked all twelve steps. I have earned a psychic change, and so for me, if I were to go back out, it it, it would probably be because I failed to maintain.
0: That's a that, that's a valid valid response. Um, for the newcomer, though, can you run through what the twelve steps are?
1: Well, you know, it's simple. The first one is is to, you know, admit that. It ain't working I'm, I'm powerless over this alcohol or dope or what have you and and as a function of that my life is chaos it's unmanageable I'm doing crazy stuff that's that's step one and, and then you know step two is that well there's there's a solution you know there's a way out there there's a God that can restore me to sanity right and, and that's step two, you know, a power greater than myself to return me to uh, to sanity. Um, so that's step two, makes sense. Here's the problem, here's the solution. All right, well, step three is, well, seeing as the solution is over here with God, why don't I turn my life and my will over to this power? Why don't I embrace that power? Uh, why, why don't I do what millions of others have done, you know, and, and that's to turn my will and my life over to the care of God? and. And, and how do I know that I've done that? You know, well, uh, it's, it's because I've, I've marched forward and, 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 you know, worked, had the faith to work through the rest of the steps. Now, I can, I can turn my will and my life over to God in the morning and 15 minutes later take it back. So if, if I were to wait around until I was absolutely 100% certain that I've turned my will over and it ain't coming back, I wouldn't get no further. So, all right. Having turned my will and my life and, and way to show that demonstrates work the rest of the steps, you know, uh, let me check out what what the status is. I mean, where am I at? What have I done? Where have I fallen? Where have I harmed others? It's called an inventory. You know, if I want to move forward, I got to know where I'm at, where I've been. So we do an inventory of ourselves and uh and put some truth in there because I'm working with God, I'm working with a sponsor, and it doesn't behoove me if I'm not completely and thoroughly honest and dig as deep as I can and find out what was wrong so I don't have to repeat those mistakes uh, before. And then in, in in step five, you know, I, I admit this. I take the mask away. I, I stand totally naked and, and I confess to God And and to another human being, the exact nature of where I went wrong, right? That's a a growing and humbling step. And then, so, okay, so here's what's wrong, right? Here's what's wrong with Alonzo. Now, in doing that inventory, there may also be some good things I've done, so i got to be cognizant of it. Well, it's a true inventory.
0: Assets.
1: Assets. There are assets, not just defects. So... Uh, but uh, in balance, there's a whole lot more defects than than assets, so, and and, and what we want to do is clear away the the defects, primarily because it's blocking us from God, and doing his will, so, his true will, so, you know, and, and step six and seven, you know, I have these defects, and so, uh, you know, I found them from step five, I got them laid here, and it's okay, here they are, and and then six and seven. Then I'm gonna ask God to remove them. Well, um, and and that's the crux. I've always believed that the uh, more insightful and 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 difficult step is not step four or step five. It's step six and seven. You know, trying not to live that way anymore. Trying not to be a thief or a cheat or you know all the things I, I, I was. So okay.
0: Now that's valid, right? Because there are times, if I can remember clearly, that I was comfortable in some of the behavior that I engaged in when I was using. Yeah, I was still comfortable. Yeah, and in six and seven, I had to drop my my panties and admit that it was blocking me from the blessings of He who presides over us all. You know, what did you do when you came to that crossroad?
1: You know it. Uh... It it was it's an evolution is what it was you know they they say keep coming back and uh, and and it's been a process you know one one of the main defects was my uh, mistreatment of women just you know because it, it was it was like you know another form of dope and um, and and so um, uh let me give you an example. I had a sponsee once who, what's important to know is is that he was from Macon. His family was in Macon. He was here in Atlanta um, uh, trying to get clean. However, his, his wife and child was in Macon, Georgia, and, and he would sleep with any woman that he could while here in Atlanta. Now, this is about 15 years ago, and... I didn't know then what I know now about the language of the big book, but I got in his face and suggested that it'd be all right for his wife to perform a certain function, if you will, on as many men as she would like in Macon, seeing as he was doing his thing. Well, he didn't like that. No. And he didn't. I thought he was going to throw on me, and, you know, he was younger. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Back to that young thing again. yeah I got I gotta
1: work on that, you know <laughs> but but that's kind of you know an example of what I'm talking about. so and and you know it's real simple for me if I don't know what God's will is in a certain uh, circumstance, I try and ask myself if you do to me what I was fixing to do to you and I wouldn't like it, it's a pretty good indication that I ought not to do that. So six and seven continues to be a learning process. There's a great book out there called Drop the Rock that talks about six and seven. But So it's it's a process. Did I get rid of all my defects first shot, first year? Absolutely not. Am I still, But see, I have the willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness to continue to try and work on those defects. Should I continue with the rest of the steps? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, as a function of the of, of the fourth and 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 fifth step, I've I've identified some people I've harmed, right, and uh, lots of folks, institutions, jobs. You know, I there were amends, and amend as step nine is is much more than just I'm sorry, right. It's uh, primarily, initially, it's a change in behavior. So you don't repeat whatever the behavior was that caused the harm in the first place. And, and then the second part is that you try and make the person whole. So if I've taken money or stolen money or, you know, I arranged to pay that back. Um, um, and, and again, there, there are clear guidelines in, in the big book about how to go about that, how to do that when to make an amend when not to make an amend because uh i'm not going to make an amend at someone's expense just so i can feel better that's not cool that's not what the literature says so you know i still need the guidance of god and, and a sponsor to help me identify the proper amend. so that's so i go about doing that and you know our key promise that that we hear all the time comes from page 83 you know, and and it says if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, and where you are at that is at the ninth step. So uh, what it says is before I'm halfway through making the amends, that was very enlightening to me. It's not halfway through the steps. It's not step six. It's half th- halfway through making my amends um, that I'm gonna have this new freedom, etc., etc., etc. So. That's what I do, and 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 the people that I, you know, you know, I probably owe. I I know I owe dope dealers money. Now, let me be clear. I don't I don't recommend off the top that you go back to the trap and and say, Mister Drug Dealer, I, I owe you fifty seven dollars and thirty three cent. and Here it is. Oh, <laughs> You know, I, I, I don't suggest that. You you can't. Uh, you know, with the guidance of sponsoring God there there are other ways. Maybe, maybe you could take take the money and mail it to him if you know where he is. All my dope dealers are are probably dead or in prison now. So um but but maybe I could take that money at the guidance of a, a sponsor and donate it to charity or something, right? Um there's an answer. There's a way to do it. People are my father my father died in nineteen seventy one. So when it came around for my making amends to him, you know, I was told to uh, write a letter and then to read that letter aloud, you know, and he's not here. He can't receive it, but I, I can certainly change my behavior or the way I, I harmed him. Um, so that's nine. And then, you know, 10 is great. You know, 10 says, yo, I mean, this, this has been working pretty good. Right. Right. But guess what? You're human, so moving forward, you're you know you will do other messed up stuff. So, what you ought to do is is be aware of that. Take immediate inventory and as quickly as possible. Apply steps four through nine to whatever you've done today. Right now, now the kicker that I love, and I can understand as a dope fiend is step eleven. You know. You know, the bottom line is this: this felt so good doing this. I want some more. I want some more. Every dope uh, fiend, you know, if it's a good hit, you want you want some more. Well, the best hit I've ever had is is recovery and my sobriety and my relationship with God, and that feels good. So I want some more. So what can I do? Well, I I can try and improve my relationship with God through prayer and meditation, right? And and then and then the catch up and the final thing and the big thing is, you know, having ha- having been set free, how dare I just keep this to myself selfishly? So that's where, the the part about keep what you have by giving it away. So, that's that's a quick summary of the twelve steps. Well, so
0: Justin since you are the youth in the room and you got a an elder statesman here what questions would you have for him so yeah for right for right now what was the point the turning point that said i've had enough i know um you know you'd mentioned um, you know you were coming you've been to a lot of treatment centers uh, you know you were in and out of the rooms as well um you know, as far as your career goes, um, you know, that was kind of shaky at that point. And, um, and then you mentioned the story about, you know, your mother giving you that last $20 and you did the right thing with it. You know, what, what was it that actually said, I've had, I've had enough? Well,
1: I don't know how to answer that question, right? I, I could only say um, two things. First, Grace. Throughout my using, looking back, there were various times that God opened the door for me to get out. But I never chose to go through that door until I did in September 1992. And um, I was just blessed or... You know, I, I had reached my personal bottom. And and I guess, and I, I don't, you know, it's different for everybody. Um, so, um, and, and ultimately my answer would be, I don't know, but I'm glad and blessed that I did. Um, maybe I just had that, initial willingness and circumstances all you know the the universe was in alignment in such a way that i finally chose to go through that door um you know i i, I wish i could i could give you a more precise um answer you know i don't know um but i will be eternally grateful that i did
0: mm. Mm. Well, Alonzo, I couldn't thank you enough uh, for coming in this afternoon and sitting with us. You know, you are my brother, you know, and, and I love you dearly. You know, we've we've done a lot of work together over the years, and it's, it's a fantastic opportunity to actually see you walking about, because I know there's been times when that that may not have been possible, you know. So um, we are quietly praying for you because I know you're going through a a tough time right now and please know and understand that we're here for you. You know, you're not in this thing alone. Uh, We're so blessed to have had you this afternoon. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome, thank you. Uh,
0: And those of you who are new, um, if you're looking for a way out, you know, we think we found one, it's in the 12 Steps. And uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, please feel free to come join us in either the uh, Alpharetta Group or at 8111 in Roswell, Georgia. Uh, Or you can log on to cleandreams.org or even find us on YouTube. We're thankful that you're here.